Welcome back, everybody, to another show of Flyway Connections. Like always, my name is Chris. I'm here with my co-host, Sharp. Sharp. Hey, guys. What's going on? And today on the show, it is uh, Dave Bartlett from Maine. Dave, how you doing today? Oh, not too shabby. Nice. How's the weather so, out there? I know it's a lot better than, than down here in the south, for sure. It's, uh, it's a little chilly. It's a little chilly, but it's coming into it. We're still kind of in the spring weather. So we're just now getting all the rain and everything starting to flood back up again. I guess yours, like, it's funny. My comparison of spring weather to your spring weather is like, oh, <laughs> like <laughs> way different. Yeah, bro, way different. Uh, yeah, I guess you you know, you know, Chris, when it's like spring, yeah. it's like, oh, hell, here comes the Fumunda cheese. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Um, but yeah, so we got Dave. If you are not aware, we call him, we, you know, we usually just call him Dave. Um, He's a field-to-field waterfowl guy, so check him out on Instagram. Um, he he does most of his hunting in Maine, the East Coast. Uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. Have you hunted anywhere else besides Maine? Nope. Just Maine. There? Okay. Maine all year round. And uh, you're a dairy farmer, right? Yep. Work on there part-time. Part-time do y'all get a lot of pigeons on your dairy? Do y'all do pig- shoot pigeons? Because I like a nice. lot of guys. Is that – oh, man. I've been wanting oh, yeah. that for so long. Bro. And- like so much fun <laughs> that that's a talk we need when joe gets on he loves pigeon hunt he loves pigeon shooting he loves oh, yeah. you, um, save, you save money you don't have to worry about buying clay pigeons yeah, yeah and like so people are gonna listen who don't really waterfowl hunt or uh upland or anything like that like pigeon in the city is different from pigeon on a farm so just so y'all are aware um pigeon on a farm are more or less dubs they're more yeah they are Yep. I mean, I would say, what, a bigger dove? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah they're, like, so. they're like a hawk. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's kind of like... Oh, yeah, hold on. I was about to say, kind of explain how, like, and why they're bad on your dairy. Like, kind of explain to people why they're such a nuisance on the dairy. They pick through everything. They pick all their grain out from the feed. They eat everything, crap on everything. It's just not, it's a health hazard for the cows. They can pick up diseases from it, and it's it's just no bueno for that. So we take care of them by eradicating them. Yo, that's and they're actually they're actually good eating. Um, at least from what Joe told me. Uh, one, I've never. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you can you can eat them like it, it's it's kind of like the thing with ducks, you know. Yeah. What are they eat, what are they eating? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna go shoot that pigeon <laughs> heroin damn <laughs> needles and McDonald's fries. Like, you know, the ones out in the country are getting up, are getting grain and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's kinda like but, uh, uh it, though. Yeah, it's kinda like a squirrel. Like I don't know, I feel like hunting squirrel in the city would just be like uh, no. But it, you know, I I'll take my kids hunting squirrel, I you know, I'll in rural areas, back country and stuff. So, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just, I guess what's around them and what they're eating. So, um, but yeah, man, that's, that's something that's definitely a talk that Joe would probably want to get on. He, he's a big, uh, if it has, if it has wings, he, he likes shooting it. So, um, I think for a while he was a big, uh, pheasant hunter. Yeah, we, we got that up at work too. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, is it quail or fe- pheasant that are not native to North America? Pheasant. Pheasant, right? Yeah. Yep. That's what I, but uh, yeah, man, that's, that's something that we definitely need to talk about in the future. Uh, and I think Sharp, uh, Joe would like to get on that one. But um, 
man, we're kind of ranting on like we always do, but let, let's get on. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about you, David, and how you got it into field to field waterfowl, kind of started it, how that name even came about. And then your whole waterfowl experience. When did you start waterfowl at what age? And then what's your fondest memory of doing it? If it was with grandpa, dad, uncle, mom, whoever it may be, you know? <laughs> well, it, it all it all started off as a bet. Oh. The bet said, <laughs> if when I take you out waterfowling, you will be addicted after the first shot. And that was in 2010. Nice. So after that first shot and I waylaid my first mallard drake, I was like, yep, yep, it's 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 in me forever now. I ain't going to stop. And since 2010 till now, it's been every winter, every fall. I have not stopped thinking about it, sleeping about it. It's, nice. it's in me forever now. And bug, when- man. Got the bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And when... We started and I and I ended up getting married and I was like, you realize what you're getting into, right? And she's like, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, people who don't waterfowl hunt just don't understand that grind. It's different. I mean, I, I big game hunt. Don't get me wrong. There is a grind when it comes to, you know, chasing, chasing tails or there is a grind when you're hog hunting and stuff. But it, it's it's a different type of grind. You know, it's uh, it is addicting. But you're I. So I, I'm going to assume you didn't start till you're a little bit older. Yeah. I, uh, 20. I started when I was 20 years old. Okay. Um, yeah. And I really, I really just got yeah, into it as the years gone on. What are you saying? Sharp, you wreck it off it. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Did you go out with your, um, with your buddies or with like family? Yeah. With my buddies. I, I met them through FFA and I was like, all right, I'll see what this is all about. See what happens. And, we went out one more and I was like, geez, this is a lot of paddling. I don't know if this is going to be worth it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's definitely worth it. I, I God, man, I, I, I'm on kind of the same boat as you. I didn't. Joe's the one that got me in a waterfowl and I was hooked. We didn't even we shot at a bird. We didn't kill nothing. We shot at maybe <laughs> one. But it was just getting out. I, I was. Yeah, that's another conversation. I was I was hooked and I. It was a lot of money spent. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. still getting spent. I think it's funny, like you said, like when you pull that, when you pull the trigger, and kind of what Chris was getting into, like when you're taking someone out the first time, and like you know you're making them drag decoys through a swamp, and they're like walking and tripping. They're like, <laughs> "We're doing this to go shoot a bird," and then they pull the trigger and they look at you and they go, "This is the coolest thing I have ever done." And like you said, it's just like that. Like even. Yeah. If- even if they miss, like not even like close to the bird, they just send off three and like, you know, nowhere near it. It's like, oh, we got another waterfowler. Someone else buying a duck stamp. Someone else yep. buying a, a license. I mean, it all, that's all it takes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it does, man. It's it's insane. Um, so uh, talk a little bit about your style of hunting. I know you do some farm ponds now. I don't know if it's the same as like farm ponds, the same Georgia or farm ponds here in texas you know how how do you go about hunting in farm ponds and farm ponds ponds <laughs> and uh i mean talk a little bit about the gear you use and then and then we'll get into the dry field but let's talk about uh farm ponds yep uh the farm ponds we we usually hunt out of I mean, i'd say they're about the size of i'd say trucking a 30 foot trailer 
nothing, you know, nothing too spectacular. It's just something the cows go down in and mill about for the most of the day. And the other spot that we would hunt is just a flooded ditch and it never dries out and the ducks are in there every single day. And I'm like, well, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we are going to start field to field waterfowl is we're going to go from field to field to field and just nice. take out everything that we can. So that's and how that, the name came about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Now, now that you say it, now I, yeah. I get it, you know, like, <laughs> Usually, like with the with the hunting sayings, like you know, everyone has like their own slogans and whatnot. And now, now it's like you get the under, underlining yeah. meaning. Yeah, it makes sense now. And um, but yeah, keep on, man. I'm sorry. So you so as far as the farm ponds, um, you just jump pond to pond because, uh, and we'll get a little bit about how we kind of do it here in Texas. I'm sure it's the same in I don't know if uh, Sharp's done some farm ponds in Georgia, but um it is kind of the same thing. You just jump from pond to pond if there's nothing there and stuff, but, um, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we, we try to challenge ourselves. Like we don't, if we can't set up with a blind, we won't use a blind at all. I mean, if you don't challenge yourself, it's just not fun. It it just makes it more. You're like, okay, we're going to go to this farm pond. We ain't going to have no blind, no cover, no nothing. We're just going to sit along the brush line or the fence line and well eyesight of the duck coming in, just don't move. And it's worked out for six or seven years now of that one pond that we were able to challenge ourselves of setting up in different areas and throw out a handful of decoys, half a dozen maybe, and just see what happens. And we'll go to the other, the, the flooded ditch and We'll use blinds, but we won't cover up in them. We'll just sit there talking, and they usually bomb right in about a hundred. But the nice. geese, though, they're on a they're on a different different story. They'll pick you out a mile out, and they'll go around the other way and try to come <laughs> back in. Oh yeah, Sharp knows a lot about that. Uh. <laughs> so I always like when I hunt with guys. You you hunt with goose hunters, and you hunt with duck hunters. Yep. Duck hunters. You can punch your fist through the blind, like stick your head through it. A goose hunter is black. <laughs> <It's Nope>. black. <laughs> like, I, I guess this is something to do with the way. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know the science behind it. But when you look, like I have seen ducks kind of do it when they're flying over. You know, looking for that sound. They they stick that neck out, but the goose does it the most like you know i've seen a drake mallard looking you know he's looking for that sound he's looking for that hand that specs looking for that sound but i feel like a lot of times he knows where that sound is but he's looking for danger even more like mm-hmm. they, they have i think geese especially snows and specs really have come attuned to hunting pressure and they know exactly what to look for and like for spreads and stuff like that like small little things that can give you away yep and face paint, everyone's like, oh, why are you wearing face paint? Why don't you just wear, wear your um, face mask with the camo on it? I was like, face mask, camo don't work with a beard like mine. It just don't look right. <laughs> he said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can see you right now. You're, Yo, you're, how, these things how, coming up to yeah. here, your beard in your face, half the beard's in, half the beard's yep. in. <laughs> Duck is, that's looking like, what is that? Isn't that like a beaver. Yeah, Dave has Davis has the true yeah. 
Hunter Fowler beard. Like, I am very jealous. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm jealous. I'm over here, like, hiding mine. I'm like, <laughs> like I got patches all over. Patches of Hulahan. Yo, yo, you and Joe grow the same way. I, I grow a full beard, but I don't know how long. How long did it take you to grow that long? Uh, this is two weeks. Oh, you're talking- no, I'm not worried about your, <laughs> your, your stubble over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, David, how long did it take you? How long did it take you to grow yours? I, to be honest with you, I think I only shaved once, and that was in 2010. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just wow. keep it trimmed up, keep it clean. And yeah, do you, do you use uh, like the oils Weird. and stuff for it? Yeah. Or you just let it roll? <laughs> I gotta keep that glistening. <laughs> yeah, so you don't trim up the mustache or nothing, line it up. You just let it grow over, huh? Like so Yosemite Sam, huh? That's what's up, man. I like yep. that. Oh, yeah. I like that, man. <laughs> <That's what's up. laughs> no. Like, whatever you do, don't smile. They'll pick your teeth out. <laughs> yeah, dude. If, if someone's trying to raid your lips, they're screwed. They're done. I guess the main accent isn't yeah, it, uh, it's not not nearly as bad as as a Boston accent. Like yeah. I I hear your accent a little bit. Like do you hear do you hear like do I have a southern accent to you? No, no. I hear no. I hear your northern accent a little bit, but like it's not not bad. Let uh, let let sharp drink a little bit more. You'll hear it. It'll come out. Quick. <laughs> that is very true. That <laughs> is very true. And he's like <laughs> and he starts like, All right. like boy, I'm from Texas. I can't understand you. <laughs> the word. Uh, my words start to get a lot longer. Like <laughs> your sentence is drawn out. Yeah. What's crazy too. I mean, again, off topic. I mean, even, even like Maine, Boston, New York, like they all have that, that East coast accent, but it's all different. It's like us in the South. We all have that Southern draw or whatever, but it, it's a different type of draw. Except for Louisiana. Yeah, except Louisiana. You can't. Yeah. And I wish Joe was on. Cause he, yeah, you, it's uh, except Louisiana. I'm like, huh? But, uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Living there after a while, you start understanding it. It's a lot of it's just like different. What the, the things lingo, are called? The lingo's different. What they? It's like the first time going down there. I kept like talking to my buddies that have kind of been like hung out with people from Louisiana. I was like, "What the hell was this guy saying?" <laughs> he would talk to me, and I, I just go, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah. <laughs> you pick it. Well, hell, you, you'll pick it up. It's just it did living here for almost well, three years you know i did get used to it. it took me it took me about a year to get used to it but then you all of it to me it's, it's just that french creole that they speak they have those the the those uh that lingo that you know what they they call things different than what we call so yeah it's um, like i've never heard of that in my entire life and then like they tell oh, bro. You, tell you like the true the true like definition of it you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah and it's like when they and when you know how i say when you drink you your years will come out when they drink, theirs comes out even worse, and it sounds like straight water boy stuff. I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah, you like to see, yeah, you like to see homos naked. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> but, I thought the guys down there though, it's funny. Like when, like you said, Chris, when us George boys get get a few drinks in us, we start to get a really thick oh, accent. Yeah. And got, they said the same thing. They're like, we have no idea like what y'all are saying. We do the same thing. Yeah. To y'all. The same thing. Yeah, hell, my uh, I got a bunch of buddies from Georgia too, so they they all get they all get like that when they start drinking. I'm like, what? 
Like, I'm from <laughs> Texas. I've heard some Southern draws, like some twang, but I've never heard what you're talking about. But yeah, hey, the whole even, East Coast, it's a whole, it's a whole different ball game on that East Coast. Yeah. So, as long as, as long as you don't say that, uh, what's that word? Wicked. It's like, oh my god, that's annoying. What? You that's say, like you a say wicked. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's wicked. It's wicked hard. The wicked what? pizza. The wicked pizza. <laughs> oh man, but uh. Man, we get see what I mean. We got off topic. I gotta bring us back, but uh, yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, so we were talking about the farm ponds, and and when I when I kind of want to get into the applications of what you use. So like, I'll kind of give an example. Farm ponds that we've hunted here in Texas, uh, we've used laid out layout blinds, um, and then we we've used like uh, makeshift blinds, uh, kind of like you'd see in a, um, a deer blind or something with some. Um, mm-hmm. uh, some camo net or something, but, um, but mostly layout blinds. I've never, at least the ones I've done here, I've never done it where we just stood up. It's always been a layout blind. So again, I am in the South. Once they hit, once they pass uh, <laughs> Nebraska, they, they've been educated and then they pass Oklahoma and they get to us. It's like, yeah, we, we know. So I think we need to hide a little bit more. I think you're getting them dummy birds and sharps over there. Like, Man, <laughs> but yeah, we, we edu- I gotta get them up for you. I gotta yeah. get up north. Like I'm, I'm itching. I've, I've done Nodak. I love Nodak. Nodak's an awesome place. But I want to like, I want to hit places like Maine. I like hit. I like you know. Now I'm at a point with with hunting. It's not all about the killing. It's it's not. Like we don't, we don't do it just for meat. We don't do it just for the kill. Like we love the whole, like waterfowlers love the whole aspect of the sport. Like, you know, hanging out mm-hmm. with your friend. Yeah. Bullshitting like now just seeing like things you see out in the duck blind sunrises, just other interactions with animals. And I just want to go to like places like Maine, you know, and just experience like, and you're, your culture of waterfowl is completely different of the culture of waterfowl that I grew up in. And it's just cool to learn like the backgrounds and the history of these areas of how it developed, you know, what these guys are doing, you know, like certain areas of market hunting stuff. And then certain areas, you know, people don't even know, like you get some areas up North, North Dakota. They're like, I don't give a shit if you go shoot the ducks, you know, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know? It's like certain areas. It's just the the culture of it. And I like I like going and experiencing the, experiencing that now instead of just you know just looking for like you know booking a hunt just to go shoot a limit. It's not a, it's not all that anymore. Yeah, yeah. How far how far is Maryland from you? I, I'm uh, I, I failed ge- uh, geography, so <laughs> I'd say probably about I'll take a stab at it, about six hours. Okay, because I have a cousin down and he's in the Navy. He's in Maryland. So uh, I was like, Let's get, give me a reason. I'll, I'll probably give me a reason to go up there because I definitely want to like I, I'm at that point like uh, sh- and I know Sharp's really at that point because he's waterfowled a lot longer than me. But I'm at that point now where it's like I, I just want to experience hunts in different locations just to try it out because, um, you know, you hear these stories and, you know, hunting, uh, you know, Maine, well, Maine, and now you're hunting. Uh, you're hunting in, uh, I don't know, Nebraska. Or you're hunting in Wisconsin, the Great Lakes, or something like that. Just, just getting those experience. I honestly, the West Coast too. I want to get into some hunting in the West Coast too. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, Maine, you, you go from one extreme to the next. You can go from cornfield to one of the bays out on the ocean and go either hunting. So I mean, you, you can go from one extreme to the other within 20 minutes. So, so I mean, it's not like you could, you're stuck shooting just your geese, your mallards, your teal, pintails. You can go right up to the ocean, go shoot your limit of either scoter, long so- tail. So what's the mix y'all get on these farm ponds? Is just is you get mallards? You do y'all get geese on the farm ponds? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We the mix we get on the farm ponds are usually usually your mallards, your wood ducks, your teal, black ducks, and very rarely a couple pintail will come drop in, but that's that's pretty rare. It's a <laughs> sharp black duck. The black. So I got. <laughs> Story about the black duck. So I've shot black ducks in Georgia. We I had this little spot we had. It was, it was a little beaver pond, and the craziest thing we would get we would get like good migration days. Like it'd be weird. Like you know, most of the time in Georgia, you go out, you you see your wood ducks, kind of like North Carolina, Chris, and like you know you, you know what I'm talking about. It's like you expect to see wood ducks. If you see some mallards, okay, but we'd have a couple days where we'd have groups of mallards. Like I'm 14, 15 mallards working a hole. It was the weirdest thing. I've never like a lot of people I've talked to in Georgia, like some places where there's heavy ag, they get that. But where we were located, it wasn't heavy ag. I guess it was just something from where they're flying from going, going to ag or falling a river system. But we would get like every once, like it, it wasn't often. It would happen like one time a year, you know, if the weather got really right we'd get a good push, but I was sitting in one of our little wood duck spots and it was right at shooting light. Two came in. It was me and my buddy. I said, I'm going to take the one on the left. You take the one on the right. Boom. And we each one shot him down and Wyatt goes out and picks up my duck and black duck. He goes and picks up my buddies, Drake black duck. I'm a stud too. Like, (laughs) so on the East Coast, I, I heard on a biologist say a lot of a lot of the mallards are game bird mallards. Um, so they're they're not like you know what I mean that they said yeah. they they've been breeding like the and I don't think it's I don't think for y'all I don't think for y'all it's the same because y'all are getting those birds from Canada and stuff like that that aren't pushing down all the way. But you know, once you get a little further down, I get, I'd say like, you know, towards Maryland wise, when I'd like to know where birds kind of stop, like stop doing that hard migration in the South, like the, the Atlantic and kind of start becoming more, more localized birds. Like, you, you, you know, you know what, you kind of see what I'm getting at. Like, I feel like y'all tr- get the true migrators, like you're yeah. getting true migrational push that is coming down to feed on your agriculture and come down for like, and come through. But where I'm at in Georgia, it's all local birds, but yep. we'll that occasional wood duck or something that actually migrates through. I'm wondering where like that, I guess there is no line. We could say that that stops that. Yeah. It's I no line. That- <laughs> yeah yeah so i think i mean what, what did uh i think joe said it on the show it's like a duck can feed uh through five inches of ice so mm-hmm. if they're if they're getting food they're not snow huh five inches of snow 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 okay so they're getting food they're getting and, and we we kind of talk about it and i don't want to rant about it but 
I mean, I feel like like for me in the central fly, I feel like every flyway has theirs where the, you know, they like you said, because I feel my, all my ducks I, I kill here in Texas. They're local. Uh, the mallards we see are local. I well, mean, we have a lot of Canadian locals. Do you have heavy ag around you, though? I feel like yes. a lot of stuff is heavy ag. I feel like ag ag has a lot to do with the pushing. Just so we an, have, an ag we have, that's been there for a consistent period of time. So, so unless you're in the panhandle in Texas, everything, the majority here is going to be cattle. Cattle? Uh, the panhandle is going to be more your wheat, your corn. Uh, you'll get some soybeans. Um, but here where I'm at, you know, North central Texas, it, it's, it's going to be cattle. You're going to get too much from that. Um, I'm trying to think, man. Yeah. Unless you get to the panhandle, like Amarillo, you know, pass that over See, there. I love it. When you hear about like, so when I, when I think of Texas hunting, like, you know, first thing I think of, like you said, Chris whitetails, like, you know, yeah. that's what, yeah. That's what Texas is known for. But then once you kind of start getting in the waterfowl community and start like, you know, looking where, what people kill around different States and like how the waterfowling is different States trying to figure out these areas. Like you said, you see that the, the panhandle of Texas is like what it's the panhandle of Texas. And then down on the coast for like redheads and pintails and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. That's kind of what Texas is known for quote unquote for, for waterfowl. And I, I guess, uh, the panhandle, that's the, the big ag spot. And like the, that's where they're getting all the, the little geese speckle bellies are kind of going down through there. I guess stuck the stuff trickling through Oklahoma and then all your divers go down and, and winter down there on the coast. Yeah. I think honestly, to tell you the truth, I think they, if, if it's not Nebraska, it's Oklahoma, like the migration pretty much stops. I feel like you might get onesies and twosies here. At least that's how I feel. Cause we'll get, we'll get a lot of green wing. We'll get some, uh, we'll get some mallards. We'll get a, uh, and then later, later in the season, I'll see some pintails, but uh, I mean, that's the majority of the birds. And then, uh, but I feel like Oklahoma and Arkansas pretty much hold them. Cause like, I think we talked about it. It's like, I think the birds are just like, why leave, you know? Um, and I'm kind of like with you, with you, you in Georgia, whatever. It's like, I feel like the majority of the birds I see during waterfowl is local. So, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so l- let's talk, uh, let's talk more on the, I'm, I'm, I'm actually fascinated by the dry field hunts. Um, let's talk about your little your dry field hunts. I mean, are you are y'all killing? Y'all have a crop there too. Y'all have uh, okay. What do yeah. what do you, what do y'all grow there? Corn, corn. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of corn. Ah, that's it. Do, do they tile yeah. y'all's fields up there? Uh they were a long time ago. So it's a little bit because I know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tiled fields are a pain in the ass to hide in, right? And it's like oh, black yeah. mud. It's yeah. like nothing but black mud. Oh yeah. Are y'all yeah, farm- if you don't got face paint, you can use that. Huh? I said, if you got face paint, you can use that. Oh, that is true. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. Just lay there. Do yep. uh, Are y'all's farmers leaving? Leaving a good bit of stubble? Or are they, they kind of... Yeah, they, they clean it up pretty good. Clean it up pretty good? Yeah. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll usually set right up on a piece of ledge. 
where the grass is really grown up in, or we'll set up on the edge of the field on the edge of the corn, set up some decoys behind us, set up decoys to the left and right of us, and they just dump right into us. I mean, there are only 40, 50 acre fields that we hunt, and the back side of the field is probably a good 60. Y'all, y'all usually see, um, I'm for sure you're seeing geese, you're seeing greenheads. Are you seeing any other type of ducks? Yep, yep, we, we, they have yet to leave. Uh, we have about a half a dozen wood ducks. Nice. Yep, yeah, they've been bouncing back and forth between the golf course ponds and our farm, and it's like, where were you this fall, fellas? <laughs> and what's it with y'all? What's our limit? <laughs> three, right? Three wood ducks? They're coming down to me. Those, those wood ducks are coming to me. By oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because <laughs> here's the thing I, why, why would they uh, leave? Usually they, they push a little bit so further south. area. Yeah, wh- why would they leave though for Maine? Like, you got the corn all there. I don't know. I it's it's duck, a life's greatest mystery. Wood ducks are one of those ducks. They have like a hard time. They have a really hard time studying wood ducks just because of their terrain. Like you know, mallards. They go to the refuge. You can fly the airplane over and get like you know a good generalization and like estimate of how many ducks are there wood ducks like me and my buddies have always have a saying it's like where do wood ducks go after 30 minutes after shooting light <laughs> like you know what i mean like i'm not, like you don't see wood ducks 30 minutes after shooting light and that's because they're they fly and they get in the thickest nastiest stuff that they can get in yes. and that's where they're and you got to think for a scientist, that's hard to take. That's hard to take data. That is hard to collect data. How how do you how do you appropriately go over that area and say like, I'm pretty sure with the mallard surveys, like you know they have like a, a guesstimation, like you know of areas, like you know how many ducks fit in like an area type deal. And like with wood ducks, you have no idea because those wood ducks are scattered all over the daggum place. Yep, yep. This is, you can go into a cove. And you'll see them at one of the lakes and they'll be on dry land and then they'll hit the water as soon as you walk through the woods or they're gone flying through the trees, about a hundred. And you're sitting there like, what just flew out of here through these trees and at our faces? They're just like a flash. It's funny funny that you say that. So one time who I was, I was like riding in high school, probably me and a buddy hopped in. I just got a boat. Me and my buddy hopped my boat and we were going out scouting and we were driving like, you know, we're scouting, we're scouting Georgia. So we're like, you know, looking to see three to five, maybe 10, 10 birds, you know? And if we see that, it's like, okay, we're going to hunt there. And we're, we're going down we kind of get over where there's a creek that's kind of coming in. And then the side of it has, has a small slough and it rained like hell that week. So everything was flooded up and we're kind of going right on the edge. Real, real thick stuff. Like I said, thick, thick, thick stuff. We go past it. Two, 300 wood ducks just fought. Like we had no, like you said, you're just going, you have no idea they're there. You're like, what the hell was that? Like <laughs> blow up out of nowhere. Yeah. So I think, man, I will say that, and uh, you know, hunting with Joe, Joe, and we we've talked about this sharp having a, a Instagram live about this conversation because it's it's kind of one of those sensitive conversations as a waterfowler. 
you know, there's a whole you can't decoy wood ducks, you can't you can't call the wood ducks or whatever. Um, but here's the thing, I know, and Dave's over here shaking his head. Here's the thing. I've seen it. And I and people are gonna be like, Oh, that's your buddy, you're full of shit. Like I've <laughs> seen it. Like, and it's the craziest thing. Um and, I, and we tell people nobody believes us. And uh, but there is people out there that we've conversated with. It's like, yeah, you can decoy. It, it's just it's just like anything else, you know, sharp with speckle bellies. Um, you find you find that niche of what what they like and you start studying because people are like, oh, you you, you duck hunts like it, is it they're all no, they're, they don't act all the same. They don't. And we're all waterfowlers here. Pintails, prima donnas. They don't act. You know, <laughs> they're prima donnas. Uh, you know, you got your dumb birds, you got your ringnecks, you know, you, um, but people don't know ringnecks are, man, they're tough birds. Ringnecks are tough birds. You shoot them and they're, they're still going. It's like, Whoa, you know, you can get a good shot on them. Um, but I, I love, and it's kind of crazy. I love, I love shooting, uh, ringnecks just cause they are tough birds. They make you that, that challenge, but I love shooting wood ducks and seeing them go and moving. And we we've all seen them move through, uh, you know, flooded timbers or anywhere. It's just like the way they move. And they, you're right. It's just like now. Obviously, they're not a canvas back. Uh, mm. They're not. But you also got it in your head. It's like, well, let's think about the terrain. The canvas backs coming in. You know, open water. That's, I was just about to get in with yeah. that. The, like you know, that canvas back may be hauling ass, but he's out in the open. That wood duck's cooking and he's like moving through branches. And most of the time, by the time you see him, it's like, oh, he's in the hole. And then like you put your gun up, he's gone. And yeah, then you, like, you have to find him again. <laughs> and how many times, how many times, Sharp? And uh, have you have you hunted wood ducks in the flooded timbers, Dave? No, no. Nope, okay, so open water. And well, even 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 in the uh, cornfield, how many times have you. A slough, you know. So, yeah, yeah, like. They act the same way. Yeah, but even even in there, you know, how many times have you been just chilling, talking? You're you're talking with your buds in the in the you know wherever you're at, and they just fly by real quick. It's like you missed them because they're just going, and they're like, "Nope, I'm not here. I'm gone." And I we I've I've seen that a lot, a lot um, when it comes to wood ducks, and I I I really love I love hunting wood ducks. So yeah, worst um, days to hunt a wood duck is on a foggy day. Yeah, by the time they get to you, and you get up, you go raise up your shotgun. They're gone, and it's like oh. disappeared back into the fog. Yeah, yeah it's like, like ghosts, just like you know. <laughs> like it's. I think it's funny how most people. I guess if you start on the East Coast, kind of in the South, like you start wood duck hunting. You know, that's that's like what you get. That that's that's our bread and butter. That's what you get. And for a while there, you know, I started going, going out West and starting to hunt a little bit more. And I was like, Oh, screw wood duck, screw wood duck. You know, I was like <laughs> green, baby. We shooting green, like screw wood duck. And it's funny how you always hear people going back to like what their favorite types of hunts and stuff like that. It's like what they first started doing, what got them into the sport. And I will say I do love a wood duck shoot. And I greatly like, I greatly love it, and I respect them. But man, I'll take my two speckle bellies all day in Arkansas. All day <laughs> I'll take my two speckle bellies in a rice field all day long. But yeah, I, I think I, yeah. But I do love, I do love the wood ducks. Like, 
it's it's fun to just to go out with a couple buddies and go shoot for 30 minutes and then go run the waffle house and bullshit like that that's what that's kind of what got me going on it and i i still love it you know i'm never gonna turn down the opportunity to do it yeah because you can do it with wood ducks you can do that you know once you know like you said 30 minutes after shooting light you know you you can most of the time i mean i've been with joe where we we've limited out and he's or he's limited out on wood ducks you know and we're like all right we're good let's go um and uh you know it's like after that 30 minutes 45 minutes we usually wait until nine nine ish eight something and if nothing comes like we're, yeah, we're done like you can we can go eat at the waffle house versus being let's say in lax scene and we can be there all the way till noon and still shoot you know ducks are still gonna work but the wood duck like you said the wood ducks once that once that 30 minutes after shooting light it's like yep they ain't coming back. They're gone in that thick, and the, and we've seen them. Actually, we've even tried to chase them, and sharp <laughs> and sharp's right. Like it's probably like the dumbest thing you do. Where do they wood go? go Thirty yeah. minutes shooting they, light. <laughs> they go like in the thick of the thick, and then you in Louisiana, the thick of the thick. You don't know what it's out there. You know, you gator, you be <laughs> in that. Yeah. You, Louisiana, you do not want to go in that. Everything yeah, so <laughs> you kill you, eat you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm done. I'm gonna turn back around, and you know. Um, but yeah, it, it is. And, uh, you do, even though it's, it's whatever, a three wood duck limit, you fall in love with it, you know? And it's, people don't know wood duck, wood duck is really good eating. It really is. Delicious. Yeah. And, I love wood duck. I mean, it's hard to beat like the, they're, whether they come through the timber, they're very acrobatic. Like they're mm-hmm. acrobats coming to the timber. And would they, like when a wood duck actually does it right. It's, it is hard to miss. Like a lot of times, like, you know, that like when they're buzzing through your decoys, yeah, that's, that's an easy miss. But like when they <laughs> come right. And like, if you're in the hole where they want to come to, they give it up. So nasty. So nasty. <laughs> I mean, oh, like if you're where they want to be, they are boots down, just fluttering right in front of your face. And mm-hmm. I, Love it. It's it's something. Yeah. It's something else. Through all the lambs coming in. <laughs> yeah, you're wrecking Ralph in there, man. Uh, but man, I, man, if, if, all right, guys, if Joe, I, 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 I need to talk with my hands. I'm a big yeah. hand talker. You're like, if, I'm, I'm, I'm on Skype looking like a duck. I got my arms out, like I got wings. <laughs> <and shit. laughs> but if uh, man, Joe, Joe missed a good one. Joe would. Joe, if we started talking about wood ducks, Joe would have went went off, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna be like, he's gonna talk a little bit about us talking about wood ducks afterwards. <laughs> Joe may try to do a podcast, like commentating about this podcast because he's yeah, so he probably because he's gonna get on it. But I mean, I I've been and I hate I hate making Joe's head big already because his head's already big, uh, and I, and I don't want to talk about him behind him. I'm gonna call him and tell him I said some things about him just so, but uh. He he, we're gonna we're I'm I'm gonna try my hardest. Or I I am. We're gonna record our wood duck hunts, and I'm gonna show people. But we're not the only ones. We've talked to people where you can decoy ducks, you can call in ducks. It's hard to record the wood duck hunts, though. Yeah, the reason say that is because, like we said, when are they flying? Thirty minutes before shooting light. Or I mean, yeah. excuse me, excuse me. They are flying thirty minutes before shooting light, but they're flying thirty minutes after shooting light as well. And 
30 minutes after shooting light, we all know if you're hunting a swamp or in the woods, you can barely, like, especially with a camera, you can't see shit. Like, so unless I, you're going straight up to the sky. So, uh, for this, I just ordered the night vision for it. Oh. So, we're going to be able to see it, man. I'm telling you, man. We're going to be able to see it. We're going to have some good things coming this year. We got some yeah. good things coming this year. But, uh, man, Ed, let, let's kind of go on from the wood ducks because uh, I'm sure Joe's going to talk a little bit, <laughs> talk to me and Sharp a bit okay. little. You, you know what? We, we said we do wood ducks. Let's get into the mojos. Oh, uh, God. Because Dave, because Dave agrees with me on mojos. And usually okay. it's like me, me and Chris, or, or excuse me, Joe and Chris versus me. So now yeah. I got a button on my side. So cool. I'm going to ride this wave. So here, here, here's one thing I'm going to. Tra- there's a. And this even sharp, it was hard for sharp to believe. Now, it may be because you're up north, you got maybe the geese are educated, but maybe not as educated when they once they come down here. But I have never seen a goose decoy to a mojo. But you you say you said you do it all the time. Right, Dave? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we usually throw a confidence boost out. We'll use some field mallards and throw out a mojo. And just that flash of the white will catch their eye just enough to swing them in and land into just about, I'd say 20 yards from the decoys. And then they'll work their way up to the cornfield. Ducks or cannabis? Ducks. Ducks. But, we, ducks, but ducks. we'll use them for the cannabis too. You do, you do? Do you, when they're like coming in close, are, you, are y'all running remotes on your mojos or are you just letting them rip off of just regular uh, triple or triple or double A's? Uh, the mojo I got, it runs off of, uh, I think it's, um, it's a big square battery. <laughs> but, <laughs> man, you're sense. just running it. We're like just to flip on the, just to flip the switch on the bottom and let let her go. Just yep, let her yeah. go hunt. Yep, e- easy peasy. And it's what was it? It was a fifty-seven dollars mojo off Amazon. <laughs> you, oh, nice. you ever had any problems with geese flaring flaring off of it for you? See, like for mm. us, for yeah. us, man. I've had, I had one, I had maybe one or two groups of geese this year where like I, I shot them over, over a mojo running. And that was because the guy who I was hunting with was supposed to turn the mojo off and he didn't. And I was wondering why half the flock flared. (laughs) 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 But they, they, for some reason, they just don't like that motion. And the times that I usually use them, I'm running that, I'm running that remote, but I'm, just my region in the area I've had the, the success I've had in my area has been putting that mojo away. And I just think because so many hunters in my area are using it, how is y'all's area? Is your area, your area, that's the one thing I always tell people. It's like, don't, you know, it, it, describe your area, but don't, don't go name, don't name throw if you don't want to, you know, if, if you're, if you're all private and no one can get onto your spot and that's different. But like if people in your area allow people for permission, you know, oh, it's, uh, it's quiet, quiet. So I think, so I think that's why, do you, how many, like, would you say in, in your area, do you have like a very heavy waterfowler base? Like what, like, are you, when you're out scouting, like, are you, are you seeing trucks, like trucks you're seeing all the time, like same trucks every day, like running, like, you know, fi- like, I guess not fighting feeds with people, but like, you know, working, Hey, two people see the feed. Hey, you want to hunt with us? Yeah. Let's hunt, hunt together. Or is it like y'all kind of got your own little niche? 
Yeah, it, we got our we got a pecking order. We we wrote I rotate out people, and okay, like I like I tell everybody who wants to waterfowl hunt. I'm like, first of all, you gotta be there before me. And they're like, oh, you get there at five o'clock. I'm like, no, I get there at one o'clock. And I'm like, yep, that's the typical. If you want to come early, help me set up, then uh, it's all game. You can come hunt with us, but if you're not gonna put forth the effort, you gotta keep moving down to the next field. I ain't gonna. It's a teamwork effort. I'm not gonna have the new person be like, oh, I'm just gonna show up at Legal Light. No, you're gonna do the work. Show up at Legal Light, pull their pull their gun out case. Guys, that's the that is the first way to never get invited back on a duck hunt ever. Yep. yep. <laughs> the first way, especially if you're hunting with guys who really know what they're doing, because they're like, screw you, you know, because they put in especially when you're new, you don't understand like guys who are really dedicated to it. They put in a lot of work. Like they mm-hmm. do. They put in a lot of work to it. And it's almost like a kick. It's almost like kicking sand in their face. You know, it's like we this guy worked his ass off. He found the field. He's getting the decoys ready. And then, you know, it's like, he's called you. Hey man, you want to come shoot some birds? I got some birds. Come shoot some birds. And you just show up, you know, make them do everything. And then like, Oh, you know, I, the wife called, I got to get back. You know, y'all can pick up these five or these 300 decoys by yourself. Yep. Yeah. We, we usually run about hundred, 120 Canada's white rock and dive bomb. And I guess say about a half dozen to a dozen field mallards with the mojo running. And when you're there by yourself, putting them all out, and it's like, man, where, where is everybody? They, they said they were going to be here early. <laughs> so, so what else are you, uh, what, what other geese are you pulling? Are you pulling snows and no, just, snow, just Canadians, it's, just Canadians. It's like, a it's like a line drawn in the sand from Vermont over to New York down is where all the snow geese are i mean this spring we had seven seven snow geese come in due to bad weather but we don't we don't get get any no no it was end of february beginning of march i mean so yeah so i mean as far as where i'm at we we don't we get snows but they seem to stop in uh oklahoma and then they'll either they'll go they'll push towards the panhandle um but every all the geese i get here are going to be canadians um, mm. but they're all yep. locals uh we might get onesies and twosies but i think they're all locals yeah uh, i mean we watching this past winter we had geese and mallards we'd never leave the farm they stayed around they ate off off the snow off the field everything that blew around Right now, there's probably 80 or 90 geese still using the farm, and it's, and usually they're gone to the lakes or the Great Bay, and then they're just hanging around hard. And I'm like, God, I hope you stay around till September. <laughs> <laughs> so are you calling? Are you calling when you when you uh, you got the Canadians coming in? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll call just to get their attention, and then we'll quiet right up. And then if they start kind of veering off or getting hung up in the wind, we'll call and call and call, and then. Hopefully something will break and they'll come right down in and we'll we'll take our shots at them. But yeah, what we, what call do what call do you use if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, tell us your duck and your goose. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, man. I gotta. I think it's um, it's a Cabela's brand. No, oh, no okay. special, no That's special name to it. 
He doesn't give a shit about the calls. He just wants to get out of there and hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're so when, when you talk to somebody like Joe, he's all about, and which is cool because I found like there's different people in waterfowl. There's the, the hunter. There's the, the guy who loves the call. There's the gear, the gear head. There's, uh, you the know, there's guy. the dog guy there. Yeah. The dog guy is a totally different type yeah. of guy. Yeah. It's like the, the dog guys down there in the maroon shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you got all these type of waterfowlers and you learn it like I, by no means am i a caller um do i have expensive calls yes can i call no nobody wants to hear me call because uh your ears are going to be hurting but um there is calls there there's well i guess uh-huh. was, so that's why yeah I guess. <laughs> hey, hey people so here's the thing and we joke about it we joke yeah we joke about it all the time but the whistle works. If you if you feel uncomfortable calling and you you just don't care about calling, I've used the whistle. The whistle works. We, I've seen the whistle work with people who use regular calls, like use single reads, use RM, use uh, Riceland, use you know use I mean, RNT every day. I yeah, there's one on my lanyard every day. And for like people people with kids, you know, want to get your kids interested, give them that whistle. Yeah, you know? and like yeah. Honestly, with your kids, when you're getting them out there, who cares if you if you kill anything? You know, you're out there to spend time with your kids and just have a good time. You know, just it, it doesn't matter. You know, let them have fun. But you know, giving them a mallard call and letting a kid just sit there and rip on it and squeal like that, you know, probably not going to have anything come in. But if you give them a whistle and let them mess, mess around on a whistle a little bit. A lot of stuff, I mean, they're going to make noises with a whistle that's going to sound like ducks. It's not going to sound like completely unnatural, like sitting there on giving a little kid a mallard call. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. My niece and nephew, I'd sit there and I'd sit there and I'd blow on it and like quack like a duck. And then I'd hand it to them and I said, like, you know, they would try and do it so bad, but like they just start just blow, blowing air into it. And that compared to a whistle and like, Think about it. You get a kid and you give him that whistle and he sits there and like just messes with it for the first time. And all of a sudden a duck comes and lands into the decoys. We just recruited another hunter. Just yep. like, yeah. just like and that. It, and what's crazy is people don't know is just the whistle is so universal. You can, you know, the whole. Or the. You know what I mean? Like it's just so universal Listen. when it comes to. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so universal with the whistle and having a kid get on that. Like teal with them, I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, I mean, just so universal, and then getting your kid to like, and I've seen videos of advanced stuff on a whistle. You can do so much, so many things just with a whistle. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, I have. Like, I, I can't use a whistle. <laughs> are you? Are you serious? Oh, is it the the beard? Yeah, yeah, he muffles it. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. So you I, know, what? <laughs> I blow that. Uh, I got a Primos. Uh, oh, it's like a power something whistle or something like that. But yeah, you're right. If I had that thing in my mouth and I had I had your beard, like you said, it'd be over the top. You wouldn't be able to blow any air to the son of a gun. But I, I got the uh, I got the Duck Command uh, Drake call, and that is like money magic. It d- brings them green heads in about a hundred. Yeah, and you're going to get those guys that when you get in a waterfowl, you're going to get the guys that, you know, they obviously sound better when they're calling they, because, but one thing I will, I will say, somebody once told me that 
bad calling is good calling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, but it's at all right. at the right time. That's what I was about to say. It's all about the right time. Cause sometimes even good calling is bad calling if it's not the right good. time. So one of the things like I, I want to get into this point. Here we go on another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to calling, like when you listen to birds, they all sound different. It's just like people, like none of us sound exactly the same, but we all speak the same language. Mm-hmm. It all like when you're saying that word, we all somewhat try to pronunciate it the same way. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing with a duck call. They're doing the same thing. Like, you know, greeting call, meh, 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 meh. Well, some ducks are going to be higher. Some ducks are going to be lower. Some guys are going to say hello with a southern accent. Some guys are going to say hello with a northern accent. <laughs> Wicked. It, it just all depends on saying it at the right time and with the correct cadence. Like cadence is the biggest thing with duck calling. Like I've heard, I've heard birds and it's like, what the like ducks what the hell is that like i heard a noise i was like <laughs> what the hell is that like that is what what is that and you know you start creeping through the woods and get back to a pond and it's a mallard it's like mm-hmm. dude what happened but once you start listening to it it still has that same cadence as a mallard hen that sounds like a competition caller, you know, like that noise that everyone does on the stage that sounds like that's, you know, that noise you hear, that's a mallard. If you can just do that cadence and stay with that one, two, three, four, five, six, and to learn your cadences, what the ducks do, you're good. You're good. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. And then when people get into calling new waterfowlers, like, you know, there there is calls out there that are less forgiving. Now, to a, a, a somebody who co- competes in calling, because you're going to get most of the guys that I've met that are competition callers, they're real humble guys. You know, they know that the hunting calling is different from the competition calling. They know. I've, I've never met anybody that has ragged on, oh, that's not, you, what, you know, and if it is, the guy doesn't know how to call. Um, but yeah. there's less forgiving calls. There's the double reads, less forgiving. There's even triple reads out there. Um, and I've heard people use those. Yeah, Duck Commander makes makes triple reads. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, does it sound like a competition caller? No. But, um, again, these guys are, it, the competition calling is not just blowing into a duck call. You know, it's, it's yeah. different. Competition yeah. calling is more like just seeing what your call can do. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly. It's mastering an instrument. And a lot of people talk about it. It's like, do you need competition calling? Do you need competition calling like skills while hunting? No, no. you don't. But can those skills help you on certain days and certain times? Yeah, hell yes, they can. Like yeah, one capacity. <laughs> You know, if everyone, if everyone, if everyone in your area is sitting there, like you know, they can blow a double read and they can just they can quack and they can do just the the classic feeder. But if you're sitting there and you're getting your notes nice and crisp and right and hitting them correctly, you're probably going to be the one that shoots ducks that day because you sound different than everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. You know, another thing too, and I'm glad you brought that up, sounding different, is if you have a couple buddies. 
um, and you're calling and you have great callers like Sharp, you have great callers like uh, like Joe. I wouldn't say great. Okay, no. good callers. <laughs> good callers like Sharp, good callers like Joe. Um, hell, we might even have, you know, Hayden Richard in the in the blind. I, I don't know. Um, but, you know. That's a great caller. That. Yeah, somebody like that in the call. You know, <laughs> let's say we have Hayden, we have Joe, we have Sharp, and then we have little old Chris. All, all of us <laughs> calling. I, to me personally, and Sharp, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Because of the call differences, is going to make us sound unique compared to the guy that the two guys are competition callers. So you know what I mean, you are a hundred percent correct. So what I always try to tell guys is like you know, like you said, like a lot of times the guys I hunt with, I'm I've always been like the caller. You know, I've always been the one interested in it. I've always been the one like I went to Real Foot Lake when I was when I was in second grade and I heard guys highball and see ducks come in. And I said, this is what I want to do. This, this is it. Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And from there, you know, I, the guy gave me a duck call and I kind of practiced with it and, you know, life went on. I got in sports, but then I went back again in high school and I saw it. And from there I said, I got to learn how to blow one of these things. I got to learn how to do it. And it, you know, these guys, they were guides. Like I, you know, I was going on guided hunts and the, the guides were calling, but like, I was, I was so pumped. I wanted to call so bad. And they're like, listen, you know, you can't do this. Like you can't, you can't greet, you can't do the greeting call yet, but you can quack. Let me do the greeting call and you clack. Then we have a con- two different sounding notes. You know, guys, if, if you figure out a type of call that you can kind of master and that you are comfortable with, and especially if you're hunting with guys that, are, that have been hunting for a long time and are comfortable on calls, get what you have and use it. Now, if you can quack, don't sit there and go, whack, 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 whack. you know, let that guy call and just throw your quack in here and there. And yeah. that's what's it, it sounds real. Like, you know, when you're sitting there listening to a big group of ducks, they all don't they all don't sound the same. They're all not monotone, the same sound every time. They don't sound like that guy. I really like the way Nick Johnson uh, describes like um, calling contests. He says it's like a national anthem. You know, you follow you follow the notes and do like the exact thing where there's like hunting. It's not, you know be different, sound different, have a bunch of different sounds. So it sounds like a bunch of different ducks in all different areas. And like you said, man, don't be discouraged of blowing a call. Do master a small thing, start small, start easy. If you got it down, use it. And a lot of times, man, if you're hunting with good buddies, they're going to let you know. Hey man, (laughs) here's the whistle. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, hey, you know, when they're doing this, don't do that. You know, like guys are guys are going to help you. And don't be afraid to fuck up, guys. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid because I've done it many yeah. times. And like it really does feel like shit when when some older guys like put that up, fucking put that in your blind bag. Don't pull that back out. It does. It does. It really feels like shit at the moment. But after that time, I guarantee you're going to be on YouTube. After that, you're going to figure out how to use that call. You're going to yeah. more into it. Like that guy taught you, he taught you a lesson that's, that's going to be used not just in duck hunting, but other aspects in your life. 
And what I will say too, talk, we're ranting on again. Uh, we're here for Dave and feel the feel water. <laughs> but anyways, um, Dave. Yeah, the uh, well, we're here for waterfowlers. You know what I mean? And Dave Sharp, we're all waterfowlers, and, and that's why I fell in love with them. We all fell in love with the same passion. But anyways, what I will say is, guys who are comp- like legit competition waterfowlers, I've met a lot of them. I've met the Hayden Richard. I've met the Domingo Sanchez. I I've met all these guys. They're all down to earth guys. I met the the stumps from RMC calls. I met the Bill Daniels from Riceland Custom Calls, and they're they're all they're not they're not they're not big headed. They're not. We we get this idea, you know, when you get to that celebrity, and I don't even know. And the, Bill's probably gonna call me like, "Why'd you call me a celebrity?" But <laughs> you get when you get into that 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 status. Um, known in the industry, I, I, yeah. I like when you're in the spotlight in the yeah they people think like oh they're not going to talk to me they will a lot of these guys will and they'll and they'll say hey man just shoot me a a recording of your call i'll tell you hey you're breathing you're it's not hot air or you're 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 forcing it out or, or something like that you know and that's what i fell in love with is there's a there's a different type of lifestyle when it comes to uh waterfowl hunting that everybody's out just trying to help each other out and uh you know and they they really are so if you're getting into calling don't be afraid to message these guys on instagram you know if the worst thing they could do is not respond maybe they're busy because a lot of them get busy around this time making calls um i know guys like uh, stump from rmc calls he he makes his own calls personally um and i know uh, bill daniels gets busy with his calls and you know but Hayden gets busy. He does. He doesn't just call. I know he uh, he he guides and uh, fishing trips around this time. So these they they are busy guys. They have lives. But a lot of them, if they can get to it, they'll get to it. They're and I saw that firsthand. You know, to me, it's like uh, they're not going to respond to me, but they will. Yeah. yeah. Or even the sharps from the flyway connections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't mind. Like, if you have any questions, just holler at me. But I will say, I do think this is true. Like, sending someone a file of like you calling is very tough for them to like really tell you what to do and help you. Um, especially like you know, if you just sit there and like you know, as a black screen, you're just calling, just noise coming out. It's really hard to like say like you know what you're doing. Like a lot of people would like try to tell you stuff and like stuff like that. You know. But if you can, you know, try to go, go to a calling competition. These guys will, like Chris said, these guys will help you in the parking lot. Go, go to the shop, go to the shop, you know, when they're not super, super busy and go sit down and talk with these guys. Like they understand they, the, a lot of these guys, they understand our industry and they know it's not just throw a product out there and sell it. They know that people want to see a company with a name and a face that is reliable and the person that you talk to. And like that's I feel like that's really big for a lot of people in the hunting industry just because of the backgrounds and stuff that that we grow up with, you know, it's like we want to know what we're getting. Like we want to know who we're getting it from. And these guys like like Chris said, as small companies, these guys are making their own calls and they take pride in it. And if you purchase their product, they're going to want to help you be successful with their product. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, we kind of forgot about old David Phil Phil Waterfowl, but, <laughs> um, but I, you know, to be honest, we wanted to. It wasn't really like we get Dave. You know, he's in Maine. He's hunting. We want to know hit the what the style of his hunting. We get he gets the dummy birds. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know the dummy geese, but it's almost like the geese are uh, they're always going to be smart regardless. Um, they just have that super superpower instinct, but um, and Sharp knows this firsthand. You know, dealing with them, he kind of found that to be his niche with the specs. And you said you're moving to snows now, right, man? I, they they got me. They got my interest. Like it's usually <laughs> Canada's. I may be coming up and seeing Dave because Canada's like they're. God, I love seeing those big old birds just. It's something else. I love watching. I love watching YouTube videos of those northern birds. And like you know, Dave, they—if you get them to do them right, like it's hard for that big bird to get out of there, isn't it? Like, oh, it, it, they it, are. It, it, they're really slow coming out. The but yeah, one of the, best, one of the best hunts we had last year was it, they were all single birds, and I mean, you could just barely see them. They were just a little speck in the sky, and we'd start calling. And you would just see them corkscrew all the way down into the spread. And as soon as they just about touched, we can figure them pick up. We take a shot. And that bird's back flapping. He's going about 100. And the guy furthest to my left freaking popped him. I'm like, oh, he weren't going nowhere too fast. <laughs> like, oh, I, I love it, dude. Especially like, I call it the, my thing is, it's the oh shit. When they're backpedaling and about to sit down, you flip the blind, <laughs> yeah. slip layout doors. When they hit with the oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, that's what we call it. The oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that that was the wow. Was it twenty twenty? Was the first band I got, and that was a Mallard Drake. And as soon as I picked up, you just see that oh shit look, and he's like, looks at me. I look at him. I'm like, you ain't going nowhere. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Man, I love it, man. We got a. You got me intrigued on the bands. <laughs> what? Are y'all shooting any crazy bands? And where where would you say like majority of your bands come out come out of? And are you shooting a lot of bands? Uh bands are few and far between. They disappear pretty quick. As soon as you see them, they're gone. Early season, one flock will have three or four bands. Next flock you see will have six or seven bands. But as soon as September hits, they just disperse gone. You won't see those banded birds until February when the season's over. But the the furthest the furthest band we've gotten is out of Canada. So that's ninety percent of the bands that we get are out of Canada. All your eithers, they're all out of Canada. Uh, your Canadians, where at? Canada. You know where from out of Canada? I I can't. I don't read French. <laughs> Man, yeah, we I got. That's what blows my I, mind I too, nerdy, dude. I get real nerdy on it. I like to hear like I like to hear where yeah. they're coming, like see what pockets of birds are coming from where. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy, so man. Crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh man, I I hear so many stories of people up north just bands after bands. It's like, and us down here in the south is like, just give me one, just bring one down here. Yeah, it, it, northern it, it, Maine is like a line crossed. Anything south, you ain't gonna get no bands. You might get one or two, but anything north of forty-five minutes from us, you just people shooting limits of geese, and they'll sit there with the le- the geese legs, and they're just 
a big circle of bands. The, the largest I've seen is 15, 15 from one hunt. Hey, Sharp, we're going to Maine to hunt, man. I, <laughs> I'm not even playing, bro. I'm not even playing. I'll drive to you. And if Joe wants to come, we'll, I'll pick up Joe and we'll just shoot up there, man. That's a short drive. You can make it. <laughs> I want to, I, 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 I want to go duck hunting in Maine, but I'm not going to lie. This sounds like very, this is very old man of me, but I really want to go see the leaves up there really bad. <laughs> I, I want to see. Oh, you're going to be one of them clogging up all the roads, being a leaf keeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm that class. Like, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm a big, uh, you know, when I'm not guiding, I'm working in the plant industry, nursery industry, and you know, I'm a big, big, big plant and tree guy. And, Oh man, you hug them too. Y'all's fall or fall color change. Gotta gotta come oh. do it. You know what? Oh, I'll do that. that. That's all the more reason for you to come up and hunt. That way you can just sit out in the field and watch leaves turn colors. <laughs> Two birds with one stone. I like exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Yo, man, we we definitely uh, that's definitely something we need to talk about. Sharp, we're not even playing, man. We need gotta we. So our plan, hopefully this season, we get we get to hit more flyways, and that's one that I would love to go up there and uh, meet up meet up with you, Dave. Um, man, this show uh, definitely went longer than uh, what we thought. We I told you we just go on ranting, man. Um, I guess before before we go, Sharp, did you have anything for Dave? No, I just want to say, Dave, we really appreciate you always coming on and supporting us on Instagram's lives and stuff, and it's cool to make like the friendship with someone in a completely different state that I'd never <laughs> even I, like, honestly, without this, we'd never even talk or do anything. So yeah. Thanks for all the support. Appreciate for coming on, you know, letting us know about your, your area and, and sharing it to the flyway family. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Anytime. yeah and uh, when he says flyway family, he's true, man. It's, it's the flyway family and that's a, that's that connection we try to get with everybody is connecting everybody with different flyways. And man, we really appreciate you because you've kind of been with us since day one, you know, and you kind of asked the questions and you're one of the few that, you know, started from us with day one. And now, now that we've got where we're at now, you know, people are asking questions and not, not nothing against them, but obviously we were a little bit smaller back then, but, um, really appreciate it, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, no but problem. Man, Anytime, we might have to do a part two with this. Get on the gear. <laughs> yeah, we got. We definitely got to get up. Uh, man, I, I'm. I'm. I'm going to talk to Sharp and Joe about it, but we definitely got to get a hunt up there. I, I would definitely like to get a hunt up there and uh, get some bands because, man, it's down here in the south. We're like, just give us one. Just let them go. <laughs> <laughs> I care less about the band. I just want that stud black duck from my wall. Oh I yeah, stud. Big old stud. Well, well, we'll go up to Maine so uh, Sharp can shoot a stud black duck and then see the leaves drop some. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> hey man, we really appreciate you being on. Yeah, it was uh, it was really good. Uh, like always, um, I want to thank uh, the Real Decoy for sponsoring this podcast. If you want to keep supporting Flyway Connections, use promo code FWC twenty two, um, and uh, get 15% off. Uh, also I want to thank Valen Honor Outdoors for what they do for, especially, uh, now, uh, for our veterans, first responders and service members. Um, and 
not just Valen on our doors, all the organizations that help uh, these veterans through first responders and service members. And like always, y'all have a good one and let Valen not fail. Mm-hmm.